0: Okay, so last week was that heavy, sobering passage, right? Ananias and Sapphira. Um, the church kind of hit a bump in the road in their journey. Um, but there's this amazing fear that fills the church. There's this sense of holiness now that they are kind of, they're back on track. And I think something that I love, what the fear of the Lord does in my life personally, I think even greater in the life of our church, is when we are truly in the fear of the Lord following him rightly and pursuing holiness and really reverencing God and wanting purity and taking our sins seriously, not trying to hide anything. Like what we read in the biography earlier, right? Shane said, a holy minister is an awful thing in the hand of God. Uh, God. It really is. I think right now as the church is kind of back on track, we're seeing the unleashing power of the gospel ministry because they're a holy people. The and cross, it's just, it's cross, cross, just cross, big. Cross. It's so big. And that necklace takes out over us. I'm going to chunk it up. Jesus Christ's name. So, verse 12 to 16, we're going to see this. You can write this down. The Holy Spirit is affirming the word of the apostles, or you can say he's affirming the gospel ministry with signs and wonders. That's 12 to 16. Verse 17 to 28, the religious leaders try to stop the word. 29 to 32 the apostles obey the word rather than man 33 to 39 you can't stop god you can't stop the word 40 to 42 the apostles continue spreading the word with great joy in the midst of suffering my hope and prayer is that by the time we get through these 30 verses is there would be a greater reverence and awe in all of our hearts for this book right here like and it's gospel message and the gospel ministry it's amazing to me every day i realize like how unstoppable this is you can't stop it we're going to see in the text that men tried to stop it men still try to stop it the word of god the gospel of jesus christ is unstoppable it's unstoppable so in that first part we're going to see the holy spirit affirming that with great power this book what these men are saying And then we're going to see that the religious leaders try to stop it. Men try to stop it. But we're going to see you can't stop it. If it's a man, it'll fail. But if it's God, you cannot. And then we're going to see the apostles continue. The church continue. And by God's grace, us continue. So let's get into this. Verse 12. Many signs and wonders were regularly done. Notice that. This was normative in this time. This particular time in history with these particular men by the hands of the apostles, they were, and they were all together in Solomon's portico or porch. None of the rest dared join them. Now, I like that word there. I found that word there in the same, uh, I was reading devotions this morning in John 21, and when Jesus uh, revealed himself to the disciples, they were all out fishing. Peter was like, Boys, I'm gonna fish today. Like Jesus resurrected and all this kind of stuff. He's like, I'm gonna fish. And they're like, while I go you, they all jump on the boat, they go out to fish, they catch nothing. And then Peter's on shore. I mean, Jesus is on shore about a football field away, 100 yards away. And he's like, hey, he's caught everything. And they're like, no. He's like, throw on the other side. This is the ESV version. Throw on the side. And then they throw him on the side, and they catch 153 big fish. Can you imagine that, boys? 153 Oohs or something like that. They pull it on, and John is like, it's the Lord. Peter puts his coat on, little pony key, jumps <laughs> off the boat, swims a hundred yards. They get to the shore. They try to pull all the pull all the fish on, and they just are in awe right now because of what just happened. And then it says when they were sitting, so Jesus was on shore, he was at the beach, barbecue at the beach. He had the coals going and he had the fish on the grill. This is all the scriptures, John 21. And it says, None of them dared ask who he was. You know why? They knew this was the Lord. That's the same word used here. Nobody dared. Nobody dared. They there was there was a realization. Luke is trying to make it clear. Everyone in this time, when they saw all these miraculous things happening, there was no question, this is not a man. This is God. That's why you see that word, dare. No one dared join them. The people held them in high esteem. Verse 14. And more than ever, more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes, men and women. Verse 15, so they even came, carried out the sick into the streets, laid them on the cots. Peter came by, his shadow might fall on some of them. Verse 16, the people also gathered from towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean. They were all healed. Matthew 10, verse 1 through 2, says this. He called the 12, gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, heal every disease and affliction. These were the names of the apostles. Acts chapter 1, verse 2 to 8, it says... Until the day when he was taken out, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, yes, whom he elected had by the Lord chosen. Jesus Christ, signs and by God the Father, God, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We have to see that. I'm we're living in times where people call themselves apostles. I am one of the elect. Right? Don't be deceived. <laughs> this is a peculiar time. Why is the Spirit of he's God one of the unleashing also. His power in such a miraculous way? Because of the message these guys are bringing. He wants them to hear this. What they're telling you, it's legit. The doctrines of grace that they're teaching, it's legit. The letters they're writing, which is our New Testament, it's legit. It is my word. 2 Timothy. Amen. All scripture is breathed out by God. He's trying to help them see that what these men are trying to tell you about Jesus is really real. This is not games. This is not a show. They're not doing these healings to just draw a crowd and reap in crowds and money. The Spirit of God is trying to make something very clear to the people there and very clear to us tonight. This message, this miraculous message is backed up by the miraculous works of the Holy Spirit. Let me read to you in Second Peter what he writes concerning their teachings and the Scriptures. Second Peter 1, 6, it says this, or 16. We did not follow cleverly devised myths, and we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were eyewitnesses to his majesty. We received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven. This is Peter's telling them. We were with him on the holy mountain. Verse 19. We have a prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. (laughs) We were there. We saw him, he died, he rose. The message we're telling you is real. And so the spirit of God was coming upon them and affirming that what they're saying is from God. He says this. There are some things in them. Oh, and then and then so he also later in chapter three. Oh, sorry, let me finish the verses. I'm so sorry, I'm all over this. Second Peter 1, it's he finishes by saying this. No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And later in his letter, in chapter mm-hmm. 3, he affirms Paul's letter. Help us, Lord, to a first year plan for our life. You know, the Alleluia. You Thank you, Father them. God. You know, you have that oh, temple. Lord Testament. Jesus, that is the man who is coming from us. And he speaks yes. to them as holy scripture. So, what does this Happy mean to us? we well, the man promise, whose God is the law. This First chunk of the text. Don't get so lost in just the ooze and ahs of what's going mm. on. See what's really happening. The Holy Spirit is trying to say, "Hey, what they're saying is true. Believe it. How to you Believe that. Whose God is the Lord. Do you believe this book? Jesus Christ. Amen. Inspired by God. We are his people, the sheep of his past. An and then to his people. And then I was For sitting him. there looking at my Bible and just saying, that's the word of God. That's the word of God. And I kept saying to myself until my heart realized what I was saying. That's the word of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Spirit, the, the Luke wrote it down, recorded it in history. The Holy Spirit showed up in power when the church was birthed. And these apostles were on the scene. And what they were teaching was real. This is why the church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching is this book right here in your hands, the Old and New Testament, that Christ is, Jesus is the Christ. He's the cornerstone. He connects it all. Anyway, before and before we move on again, before we move on from here, I just want to make this... Because when I, when I was a young believer and I started to read the book of Acts, I got so wowed by this miraculous stuff that I saw. And, and rightfully so. Um, but I got so, sometimes it's tempting to just get so lost. And I remember just walking around and begging God to show me a miracle. There's a time I took a prayer walk and I was like looking at the sky and I saw the ducks come by. And I was like, Lord, just show me. Please, I promise I won't tell anybody. I won't do. I won't tell nobody. Just show up. Just speak to me or just something like this. And I remember thinking, like just desiring to see signs and wonders. And and what God needed to rightfully show me and tell me is this, Chris, the greatest miraculous sign and wonder that is recorded in the book of Acts is not these little healings. It's the regeneration of the heart. It's conversion. I'm looking at miracles in this place. I've known some of you before Christ and now who you are. That will forever be the greatest miracle that we experience on this side of heaven. It is. Don't, Don't forget that. Notice in the verse it says, more than ever before, people were being added to the Lord and they were believing in this message. That is the greatest miracle. I think of who I am before Christ. And I think of what God has done and who I am now. And the desires and the appetites that I have now. And I think, no way. I look at you. And I think, no way. <laughs> Be wowed by that, please, before we move on. That is the greatest miracle and sign ever is the regenerate heart, is the new birth. And if and you, in you in here, if you truly, if your heart truly does beat Christ, I pray that that is enough to you. <laughs> Young man and <no> woman, and <laughs> you open your Bible you're excited. Oh, no. You think to yourself, what is happening when you get out on the street and you start sharing the gospel with, with a friend or a family member? And you just, oh, that what happened? Conversion happened, rebirth is the greatest miracle. Uh, let's read on so 17 to 28. The high priest rose up. All we're with them, that is the party of the Sadducees. We talked about them already before. The Sadducees are Sadducee because they don't believe in what? The resurrection. They don't believe in any of that miraculous stuff. And so they're even getting more hurt because they keep talking about resurrection and now they're seeing all these craziness. Before you get irritated, because I don't know about you, but sometimes I read this and I'm like, come on. but Why are you guys still hating? Like, it's so obvious. Like, come on, hard head. And then I think to myself, I am... Uh, just his So anyway, they were. They rose up, they're filled with jealousy, and they arrested them. They put them in a public prison. Notice that. These Sadducees, they're trying for bullying. They're trying to make an example. They don't put them in a private prison. They put them in public. Why? So everyone can what? That's right. They're, they're pissed. And they want to make an example. So they put them in a public prison. <laughs> Every time I read this, I chuckle. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison door. I go right and he brought him out and he said go <laughs> go stand in the temple in the public they try to lock you up in public make, a, make an example out of you okay well I'm letting you out now go back, to pu- go back in the temple don't take this gospel don't go hide around and tell people no you go straight back up there buddy and speak to the people I love that tell them the people all the poor in spirit, the hurting people, the common people, the people that were gathering earlier to be healed and hear this message. Go tell them again. That's me, man. Go speak to the people. I look, look at this phrase. I love it. All the words of this life. Amen. Go to the temple. Speak to the people all the words of this life. I love how Luke Rephrases gospel throughout the book of Acts. He says, The way, the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, and he says, Go tell the people this life. Isn't that cool? Young people eat, you I think that's cool. That's like sticker worthy. Go tell them this life. Like, bro, wow, that's so beautiful. Tell them the words of this life. I think of John when Jesus he was talking to his boys, and Peter was like, or uh, he was like, he, he told them, uh, the words that I are spoken to you are spirit, they are life. And then he gives them an offer. he gives them a hard teaching in John 6. And, and a lot of disciples fall away, they, they, they dig out because what they're hearing is that oh, it's too hard to follow. And then Jesus is like, Okay, where well, are you guys going to go to? And then Peter says, He looks at him, he's like, Jesus, where are we going go? You have the words of eternal life. And now the angel of the Lord is telling Peter, Get back in that temple. You tell him. 21. When they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Daybreak, right when the temple opened, the first opportunity they got. Now, when the high priest came and those who were with them, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent and sent to the prison to have them brought. So now it's another big gathering, all the religious folk are in the house. Everyone's there. Huge platform. Verse 22. When the officers came, they didn't find them in the prison, so they returned and reported, "We found the prison securely locked. The guards were standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside." That just makes my imagination go wild. Did they just go invisible mode and walk out there? How did they? How did they do it? I mean, did they went to walk through bars and stuff or walls? It doesn't say, but. That's our God, man. You chained up, you locked up, God will get you out. Only God will get you out. So, now when the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these words, yes, they were greatly perplexed about them. Wondering what this could come to. Someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went, brought them, and look at this, not by force, for they were afraid of being stolen by the people, totally enslaved to the Just, anyway. 27, and when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them and he said, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. I love that. Is that not what they were told to do in Acts 1-8? Go, be witnesses. Jerusalem first. They filled Jerusalem with the word of God. It's full of the word. You intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Notice here, this is the second time. They're trying to stop this gospel ministry. They're trying to stop the word. They're doing everything they can to lock it up. Lock them up. God says, no. Nope. They're coming up. Just imagine that. Can you imagine the apostles like getting chained up, and then in the middle of the night, an angel releasing them. I'm just imagining these are so epic to- Like, imagine the boys, like, oh, God, this is happening, Like, they're getting out of prison, they're going to the temple. I'm imagining the boys just walking up there, like, oh, no wait, wait, this is, I- I- I'm, I'm free. You know, like, and they're just walking up there. I'm imagining the curb. You remember how it says they were filled with boldness in chapter four? I'm even thinking so 10 times more now. Can you imagine the people at the temple? They show up, they saw them arrested and put in prison the day before. And then they're, they're probably not expecting these guys to be there teaching. But then boom, they show up and they're like, whoa. You know what I think God's doing? He's making it very clear to the people and to these apostles and to the church. This is real. The word of God can't be locked up. You can't chain it. If this gospel ministry, if this message really abides in us, There's nothing no man can do to stop it. And they will try. You know, that book I got just got filled with stories of men through the ages, from Acts to now, of being persecuted and burnt at the stake and tied up and chained and everything and everything. But if anything, the fire gets hotter and hotter. The the word of God spreads more and more. We're going to see by the time we get to Acts chapter 7, someone's going to die for this message. Stephen, the first martyr, the persecutions intensifying, but the word of God is spreading even more so. It's just an amazing story and marvel. At. And before we get so irritated with the Sadducees, I really want to ponder this because I think this is all in our sinful nature to, to suppress truth. Gotta lock it up. Don't be so quick to just assume that we are the apostles here. I really do think I'm a Sadducee in nature. I don't want the truth. I don't like the truth. I'll do everything I can to stop it. So I sometimes in my flesh I don't want to do Bible study. I don't want to come and hear the word. You don't want to open and read the text. The Sadducees were irritated because they were being told they're wrong, that they're sinners. Hmm. They don't want to hear this me- resurrection message. They don't want to hear Christ. These Sadducees, they were like the they were like the 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 like like the, the um, crooked politicians of the day. They were, they loved politics. They knew how to dance with the Romans and the Jews, and they they wanted the crowd. They were people pleasers. Notice they didn't. Want, that's why they didn't want to like drag them out because they were fighting the people. They were desperately trying to get the crowds back to them. So they throw them in jail. Guys, I do believe that's in our human nature. Romans 1 says that in our unrighteousness, we do, we try to suppress the truth. And I pray that if there is any spirit like that inside of our hearts right now, where you try to suppress truth or lock it up, repent this evening? Mm -hmm. I'm stubborn just like these guys. How many times I've had to hear God, hear God tell me again and again and again. How many times have I tried to resist it, again and again and again, until by His grace He overcame that. We must pray prayers like Psalm 119. God, open our eyes, help us see. These Sadducees, these religious leaders, they're they're trying to stop the word. They're just blind. They don't see. Even though it's so obvious and evident, we can read the story. It's like it's so obvious. just real stuff. Why are you guys stop hating? Just join, submit. They're blind. Verse twenty-nine. Peter and the apostles answered, "We must obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised Jesus; you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things." And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And he it was Zoe that brought that phrase up in that observation time. Verse 29, we must obey God rather than man. This is not hard to understand. It's very clear here. They obeyed the word of God rather than the word of man. That word must necessary. It's right. It's proper. We have to obey hearken. God, rather than men. This is a this is an act of civil disobedience. Right, here. they were told stop. Civil disobedience is required when the state or when the authority yes. forbids what God requires. That's why they couldn't. Up until this point, they submitted. They were good citizens. But when you tell me to disobey God, and hear this, brother, sister, church anyone online listening, I really do pray that this would work so much so into our core that if ever does come a day knocking on our door when we are told we cannot preach Christ, we cannot share this message, we cannot speak these words of life. You are told, you are trying to be bullied by authorities or powers we must be glad, rather than okay? I mean, think about it. The apostles got like, God or man? I'm sorry. But this is so real to them, the reality of the risen Savior. See, remember, Peter wasn't always like this. He was the coward. He was the coward before. Ashamed, scared out of his mind. Personal evangelism would have been like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to tell nobody about the gospel. I mean, sure, maybe I'll talk about God, but I'm not going to tell them the whole message. I'm just going to say God loves you. When the world bullies us and tries to suppress and push us into a corner, who will we obey? The proverb writer says, the fear of man will prove to be a snare. Trust the Lord. We need to be praying for one another. We need to be praying for our church. We need to be praying for the church at large around the world. We must obey be God. Praying for our children. The world that they are inheriting and growing up in is a world that is more and more anti-Christ than ever. But Christ told us this would happen. Peter and the boys, they're not surprised. That's why in his letters, he says, don't, don't think it's strange when people start hating on you don't get shocked. Peter and the boys right now, they are not shocked. Christ told them this would happen. Christ really is their king. I have a question for us. Who's your king? Who is Lord? Are we still our own lords? Are we still living in the mouths of people? Are we still trying to please crowds? Galatians 1.10, I'm trying to please man. I'm not a servant of Christ. Their obedience proved that they were truly servants of Christ. Some of you young men have said you wanted to be in the ministry. You think the Lord might be provoking or calling, pulling that out of you. I pray all young men in our church desire to be ministers. I pray all young men in our church desire to be elders. you have this gospel so, so, so real to them. Now, whether it's a formal pulpit ministry or just being a faithful husband that fathers your children and you tell them the gospel, you do everything you can to plant and sow these seeds, I hope all of us aspire to do that. We will need to be men and women who will say, I must obey God. And in our obedience, it shows that we are true servants of Christ. We have a new master. We have a new king. We have a new Lord. It's not sin anymore. Romans 6, we're set free from being slaves to sin. We're slaves of righteousness. Our obedience, according to the letters the epistles of John, says it proves and shows that we're truly his children. Peter now is a child of God. He's a servant of Christ. He's a soldier of Jesus Christ. And we're seeing it live right here as we read the text. I must obey God rather than that. Lord, have mercy on us, and by Your grace, make us people. This is not difficult to understand, but impossible to really experience without the power of God. True belief, true love, true rebirth, true Christianity—it's all evident. This is not just mere words. Oh, these boys were not nominal Christians. Matthew seven, Jesus says, many on that day will say, "Lord, Lord." But it's only he who does the will. My father. You love me, you obey my commands. Peter and the boys were not just say, 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 say. They followed through with their actions. <laughs> Let's read on here. Verse 33 And when they heard this, they were enraged. They wanted to kill him. The Pharisees and the council named Gamaliel Gamma! Leo, Gamma. A teacher of the law held in honor by all the people stood up, gave orders to, to put the men outside for a little while. He said to them, Men of Israel, take care of what you're about to do with these men. But before these days, Judas rose up, claiming to be a somebody, a number of men, about 400 joined him. He was killed. All who followed him were dispersed, they came nothing. After that, Judas of the Galilean rose up in the days of census, drew away some of the people after him. He too perished. All who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men. Just let them alone. Now he says something profound. If this plan or thus this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, she will not be able to overthrow them. He might even be found opposing God. If of man, it will fail. If of God, it can't be stopped. That's powerful right there. Did you think about that? If of man. You know, Thutis and Judas and all these guys, that, that, that's still going on today. Everyone wants to be a somebody. There's all these movements everywhere, all these movements to draw people to themselves, even religious movements. Men utilizing platforms in order to puff themselves up. I pray against that in my heart. I want this about to be about me or the name of a church or any of this. This is not about us, because if it's man-centered, it will fail. This is what the Word of God says. All the man-centered things—you can look around, we'll turn your phone on—that's that's crazy. Is All that going to fail. This is what makes me so humble and in awe that I am a part of the, the citizenship of church, and outpost of heaven. You know why? Because it's, if it's of God, it doesn't fail. If it's of Christ, it doesn't fail. Colossians 1. By him and through him all things were made, and in him all things hold together. You know what it says here in the Greek where it says uh, it's going to fail? The Greek word says dissolve or falls apart. I can with confidence look into the world See all the man-centered establishments that might rise up here and there throughout history, and history wisdom proves right—it always comes tumbling down. If it's about man, if it's rude, if it's wicked, a wicked agenda, they might have their movement for however long it lasts. They might gather however many people, deceive however many people. It'll fail, and that's what Gamaliel is trying to tell them: just let them go. If this is man, it's going to fail. But I'm telling you guys, if this is true, if it is of God, if what they're saying is true, if these miracles are really backing up this Jesus, you can't stop him. You're it's like stopping God. What a fool. Psalm chapter 2, verse 4, the Lord sits on high and he laughs at his enemies. You really think you, really think, you, really think you can take on God. A text like this makes my knees knock. It makes me just want to be right with God. Because perhaps some of us, our lives are still of man. Guys, heaven and earth will pass away, but his words will never pass away. Christ is eternal. You want your marriages, we want our marriages, our families, our children, our relationships. You want all those things to really hold? Beg Christ to be center of it all. You got it. We got to pray. I, I got to pray that Christ is the center of my marriage. I got to pray that Christ is the center of my parenting. I got to pray that Christ is the center of my relationships here at church, in this membership, with our pastoral staff. Everything in my life needs to be centered on Christ. If it's man, it'll fail. Is that how you pray, kids, for your school? Is that how you pray for your ambitions, your relationships, these, you know, all the things that's making up your life right now? If it's of man, it's just a matter of time. But if it is of Christ, you can't stop it. So I'm so in awe to be a part of the church. The church was way before America, the church will be way after America. <laughs> it's an amazing thing to be a child of God. It's amazing to be a citizen of the kingdom. If you truly are a brother, like when I shake your hand and I give you a hug, this is an amazing gift we have. This is what we're trying to teach in our membership. It's not a, just a cute thing you sign up for, it's a God thing that He does. He builds. Right? Jesus said that in Matthew. Okay, it's a Hades. Can't, stop it. can't stop the church. Why? Because it's of God. That's crazy. That ought to make you show up on Sunday just jaw drop. This is of God. He <laughs> can't. Stop Man can try, but it won't happen. Let's finish up. Verse 40. And when they called in the apostles, they beat them, charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and then let them go. How corrupt is that, right? If you're innocent, you let them go. If you're guilty, you get beat. But they beat them and let them go. That's what happens when the authorities are filled with flesh and jealousy and rage. It's just corrupt. It's twisted. In just verse 41, they left the presence of the council rejoicing, right? I wonder if that pissed them off. They just beat them and they leave it like, oh, but Are you serious? Like, can you just imagine that that whole thing for these guys to experience? getting locked up. Angel comes, sets them out. They go. They preach. People come into Christ. They get beaten and then let go. Just, It's just so wild. That's wild. And they left rejoicing that they were counted worthy. That's a big word to know. Worthy. John the Baptist says, I'm unworthy to untie the sandals of my Lord's feet. That's huge. They saw the worthiness of Christ. It was real to them. We have not suffered to the point of shedding blood in this place, perhaps. I don't don't know, unless you have a story. But I pray that by God's grace, any kind of persecution that might come, you and I would count us blessed because we're kind of worthy to suffer this honor for the name. Whose name? Whose name? Amen. Verse 42, and every day in the temple, house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching the Christ, that the Christ is Jesus. To finish, the apostles continued spreading the word with great joy in the midst of suffering. Let me read from Peter, First Peter chapter 4. This is one of the guys who got vickings. He writes in his letter, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you, to test you as though something strange were happening but rejoice rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed you see what's giving him joy the glory of God's being revealed they were rejoicing because Jerusalem's filled with this filled with the word of Christ and everyone's seeing his glory it's undeniable this Christ is real he's being magnified that got them stoked. And if it took a bloody nose and a beat back or whatever, some chains overnight, they're like, shoot. As long as Christ is exalted. To the, I don't know from there. I'm begging God, get me there. Please, grace me by your grace. Let me see this. Let me see your worthiness. So if I suffer, if this year, 2021, I suffer for preaching the gospel, whether it's in a pulpit or on the street or at the beach when I'm surfing with my buddies. I pray that it's his worthiness. Now I rejoice because at least Christ was proclaimed to right? That's what's going on in this guy's mind. Verse 14, if you're insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed. You believe that? You believe that Christ is Lord. You don't think you're blessed. You're still worshiping the world. You're blessed because the spirit of glory the God rests upon you but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evil door as a method. If we're going to suffer, we don't suffer for doing the wrong thing. Don't go out preaching to the gospel and just acting inappropriate and then you get arrested and be like, yeah, i the glory of God i No. If you're acting inappropriate and you get beat, that's off you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't be like, Jesus! You know, just, no, 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 no. If we're going to suffer, he says, it's not because we're pooping. It's not because we're fools. Verse 16. If anyone suffers as a Christian, don't be ashamed. Let him glorify God in that. Name. And that's what they're doing right now. Jesus said, Blessed are you and others revile you, persecute you, utter all kinds of evil and false accounts on, on my account. great your reward in heaven. You know what gave them joy? <laughs> this life's not where it's at. my rewards to come. So even if my day was done, even if they hung me up, they strung me up. After the prison. It's all good. To live as Christ, to die is gain. That's how they believed. God help us. God help us. Rejoicing they were counted worthy to suffer. Do we believe this? Are we unworthy servants just doing what the master told us to do? Do We're And then we'll finish. It says, every day, house to house. Notice that the faith for them was not a once-a-week faith. They just preach on Sunday. If I just preach this on Sunday and Wednesdays, God have mercy on me. Pray for me. off. off, I might go surfing. I pray that by God's grace, what's in burning in my heart tells someone about Christ. Day by day, house to house. This was not faith. Poser nominal Christianity. It was real. It's legit. And it was going down. They faithfully preached and taught that Jesus is the Christ. That's the content of their message. Jesus, Lord. Repent and believe. Every opportunity they had, you see these guys, man. They're just preaching it and in full. We're done. All I want us to do as we close is pray right now. Pray that what we have read truly manifests itself. It's wild this stuff. When you joined the church, when you got baptized, some of you got baptized this past couple of years. This is what you were portraying. I'm dead to my old life. I'm alive in Christ now. He's my king. I must obey God, not man. Is that still true? Renew your heart. If you have yet to surrender, surrender now. Because this king of righteousness is coming. He is returning. And he will judge the world. And those who are not under his allegiance will perish. I want you to think of your friends, your family, co-workers, Think of people, your next door neighbors. Do you care about them? Really? Every day, day by day, house to house. They shared this. The word of this life, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Jesus if you were to return tonight what a glory that would be become our reality give us faith we lack it put a real regenerated rebirth heart in us take out these hearts of stone like the Sadducees and the Pharisees and put within us a heart of flesh that beats, that feels, that is moved by you. That sees us for who we are and sees you for who you truly are. You're worthy, we're unworthy. And to think that you would save us, sanctify us, and then send us, use us, who are we? Unworthy servants. Lord, I pray for the heart in the room this evening that is needs to confess and repent and turn to you to do that. I pray for the hearts in this room this evening that are faltering and stumbling and cowarding the hearts that need to be renewed in its boldness. Remind us that, man, we are a part of the family of God. The things of man fail, the things of God don't fail. Remind us who we are as children of God. Lord, help us realize that we have this treasure in a jar of clay. And we need to let it shine. We need to tell this lost, broken world We need to tell the word of this life, Jesus Christ. So God, help us now. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for Christ. And let us be so filled with the spirit of God, we pray, that even as we go on this evening, as we fellowship, as we get in our cars, as we think, as we get ready for bed, with the word of God, may and abide truly in our hearts. Manifest yourself, we pray. In a powerful gospel-centered way. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. amen.